0: Easy E, how are we? Johnny, what is the story? Oh, it was effort, effort today. The, the legs are sore, probably as sore as your head because those people listening, we talked about it last week in the podcast. You had your big 30th last night and I decided to go for a long run through the Wicklow Mountains and stuff before going to a 30th that night to make sure I earned one or two points, Not many more than two. <laughs> <laughs> I tell
1: you what, you were the shookest man in country coming in that place last night. I was actually never so happy to see a man leave a bar in all my life. <laughs> it was I, when you said you were going home. I was like, that is a very, very wise choice.
0: Yeah. The, the, the last thing was, it's like, right, I got to go. And you're like, I'm delighted you're going. I was like, D- that hurt, but I'm still going. <laughs> <laughs> but before um, all that, just like when you did your your five days of cycling from Mizzen to Madeline Head, uh, and let's call it maybe not the smartest thing in the world, doing a half marathon before that. I hadn't got the brightest idea before need did the 80k eco trail. And that was on the Friday the day before to get up at four o'clock in the morning. So myself and yourself could head over to Birmingham, England to see uh, a certain Mr. David Goggins do a talk, which in my mind, if you're going to do your first ever ultra marathon, who better to listen to than David Goggins?
1: It was brilliant. Like I've read a slash listened to his book and follow him online well used to the story of david goggins but even the interview in person you just see a different side and it's uh, it was brilliant it was so good the only problem was getting up so early to get on that <laughs> flight so and then when her flight was delayed by <clears throat> two and a half hours and i didn't drop you home till half nine i was like oh boy best luck tomorrow <laughs>
0: <laughs> i have never been so delayed for a flight in my life like we're literally the Goggins' talk was phenomenal. It starts typical Goggins' form uh, fashion. Everyone has to do twenty-five push-ups, and then just hear hearing him talking about his experience and stuff. I'd heard some of the stories before, but hearing him do that in person was absolutely class. And then just his, his reasoning. There was one stage where he was talking about you know people setting goals and not setting high goals for themselves, and just like, uh, and he says you know if you want to do a half marathon, he's like oh you know cool fair play that's class and it's a class thing. But maybe in the back of your mind, it's like, I may want to do a full marathon. but what the real goal is. We're going to play it safe and do a half. I was like, yeah, just, just just go for the goal. My mind, and I was like, that's what I'm doing, 80K, because I think I can do 46. But I had no idea if I could do 80K. And, of course, sitting around the airport for the next couple of hours and trying to get as much pasta and food as I can and getting home at half nine at night and all and I have to be up seven hours later after the early week I've had so far, I was like, this is going to be a fun Saturday. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. I woke up at eight o'clock. You just started by about a half hour and you shared out the live link and I clicked on it. Your live link stopped four minutes after you started. And I was like, Oh, bad day for Sean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you see, I had the GPX thing on it and I was like, so all the maps and stuff was coming up. And then now it's a problem on my end. Somehow I'd never used a GPX. It was downloading the watch. It was like your map is like 50 points short or something. I was like, this is not going to go for the whole map. And then as we started the race, and it was a cool setup. You know, one of the guys was doing MC for the whole thing. The music was blaring and everything else and with was a great atmosphere. And he was like, you're not going to get lost. There's flags as well laid out. And I'm like, well, I don't need the map. So I already had the live track started. So I was trying to knock off the map as I was running and then reset my phone so I could look at, I reset the watch so I could look at different paces and stuff like that. And what I was doing, rather than just seeing a map going ahead and whatever, and uh, rather than looking at flags, have an idea... I, I, out of all the races I've done, I've probably looked to watch so little because I didn't want to see it in terms of times and stuff like that. It was just a rough idea. Okay, I, I'm near this pit stop and like, stuff like that. But we'll get into that as soon as we hit the intro music for this week's episode of the Eddie Give Run Day podcast.
1: My legs don't work. <laughs> I felt, you know, when I seen you <laughs> standing there, you looked... Miserable. It was. uh you just looked like my God. All I want to do is crawl into bed right now and just not wake up for two days.
0: Well, look in my defence, I normally feel like that when I, I haven't been in a nightclub since I don't know how long. So, your 30 was pretty much in a nightclub. I came upstairs. I felt like an old man going up and going. Music's very loud. It's very loud. You hear people talk. It's very loud. Very loud music. And a couple of people say to me as well, like, now everyone else is bopping or something, or dancing or something like that, whereas we kind of had like a slightly older crew on one side. We're like, it's very loud. It's very loud to have a conversation. <laughs> I
1: I, I did feel like going up to the DJ to ask him to turn it down a little bit at one point. <laughs> I think that's a sure sign of hit 30. But uh, yeah, my voice is gone today. Not from anything but actually just trying to talk to everyone who was there over the music like so it's um, yeah it was good it was really good yeah turning 30 and then you made made it sound shit just having a birthday because you were like oh I just ran 80k and now I'm here for a pint I was like oh well I cleaned the house today and then came to my birthday Um, (laughs) but yeah no it was uh, it was pretty good you did look like a shook man though I did I was glad to see you, but equally I was kind of like, This is stupid. Thanks for coming, going home there now.
0: <laughs> I, t- it was, I tell you what, it was a great excuse. So I just because you obviously when you're 30 and stuff like that, you'd go around, and talk to everyone, and stuff like that. And and there's a lot of people there I hadn't seen ages, but I could just sit myself. I, I literally had a still in the middle of the room, and people came to me, and like halfway through, I'm like, This is great. <laughs> I don't have to move, and if you want to catch up with me, I've got the great excuse of my legs being absolutely shook. Um I, going back to the actual race itself, the worst part of doing the race was more so, not the worst part, the hardest part of doing the race was more so the downhill than the uphill, which I did not expect. Like, I, I, my, my plan was, you know, steady walking up the hill because I genuinely didn't know if I was going to be able to complete it. So I was being, that was the challenge just to finish 80k. So I was trying to be as conservative as I can to get the legs through the whole thing. So it was marching up the hills. And um, I wanted to run all the flats, even though it was a seven minute pace or whatever it was, just trying to run the flats and just be conservative going downhill and going downhill, especially in the, in the latter half of the race, every step I took, my quads were just absolutely burning. I was just, wasn't used to it. And, it's, and I was passing people on the uphill and the flats, but when I got the downhill, everyone was catching up and passing me again. And I was like, Jesus, this is horrific. And you had a lot of people to the poles and stuff. And some of them, especially in the first half of the race, I passed them, the pass them the flat, I passed them uphill, and they were abominating downhill. I'm like, my God. Like, I was like taking baby steps and stuff like that going down, especially in that second half. The legs the legs were shook. But being from Wicklow, I thought I would have known the place a lot better. I hadn't a clue of half the stuff I was seeing. Like, obviously, you no know, power score waterfalls, but we went through there. Up little sugar loaf, and whoever named the little sugar loaf, oh my god, it was gonna kill him because little sugar <laughs> did not feel so little going up it, and then big sugar loaf after I'm like my god, my head's wrecked with this. Um, but the support on the route, uh, what they did with the eco trail was phenomenal. And um, because a lot of the run, unlike most runs, like even when you're doing a Martin, the double Martin, for example, you've got 20,000 people, but a lot of people are going for similar times, or different waves. You're very rarely by yourself. There's always people around you. But a lot of this run, I was literally by myself. And I might be able to see someone this is in front of me, someone this is behind me, but for a lot of like cutting as well. So whenever I got to like a big turn or stuff where I was like, you needed someone there to tell you where to go. They were very supportive. There was times like four or five people there. And literally they see it, especially the second half of the race, you'd walk around the corner and they see you there and they'd be cheering you on like, right, that's the extra little boost to go a little bit further. And You, you somehow find the legs keep going. But uh, when you got to the roads was the worst part. You know the way sometimes you're, you're walking toward the door and someone holds the door open for you? And you do that awkward little shuffle towards the door. That was the guard. So like when I got from near the end, I was like, don't stop the traffic just late. It's going to be a while before I get there. But they stopped the traffic. They're like, right, I've stopped to Come up. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> it's like that little awkward shuffle where you're like, I need a rest. But yeah. uh, I say that with love because it was like, it was so, so good the way they organized that the whole thing, that the, the whole event all the way through. Um, even the, the aid stations, and it was, it was very helpful because you knew, okay, I've got the little sugar loaf, big sugar loaf, that's my 16K mark, okay? The next water station is now at 29K mark. I, I've never studied the race so much in my life in terms of how far I was to each station, all the rest. I was like, okay, I've got 14, 15K. I know I've got a couple of sleeping clients. Now it's a flat 15K to get to here because I knew it was going to be out there for anywhere between 10 and 12 hours. So I was like, right, if I don't break this down, if I'm like one hour down, 11 to go i i'm not gonna make it whereas i'm like okay 10k you, you could do 10k let's get 10k this part get your water in cool okay next one's like 36 and after that it's a long flat around roundwood the lakes and stuff it's like right get there get the flapjacks and they load of food and jellies and all the rats and the crackers and all there i'm like thinking of goggles doing his run I'm like i'll have a cracker and stuff into me and off i go again um but I was literally just just breaking it down because i couldn't think jesus so was like 10 hours in a row i'd be like i I don't know how I do it, but um, the second half, I was like, right, I've got another four hours left and just getting that out of that mindset. No, I've got 10k to here. Just build it, just build it. You still have to make Eric's that night. Just build it, just keep going. <laughs>
1: I suppose it didn't help that I just kept texting you random hours of abuse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, every now and again, so I took, just a quick story. I didn't want to see the messages because I didn't want to be like responding to some people, not others. And I am in the middle of a, an event, but I, I put it up. I did lock screen to scroll down and I'd be like, you know, best luck, this, this. You'd be like, go on, you muppet. And I'm like, whatever you put it in. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Yeah, I did. I just said, "Hurry up and finish." We're starting to drink, you dickhead. It <laughs> was
0: one of the things I said. when oh, yeah. you showed me the pint at the end. I was like, "I don't have like a stomach pint." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was very supportive, actually.
1: Yeah, but um, no, no, it was good. But so, tell me this: How did you find? Well, obviously, you once again, you didn't do two marathons back to back. But um, did you? Uh, how did you find it? I suppose. How am I going to phrase this? You do a marathon, the aim really is don't stop running. Mm. A lot of people who do marathons, if they stop and walk, they're like, I have failed. I did not do the marathon. Myself. How did you find it with that strategy of this is just we have to get to do it? Did it hurt your soul a little bit to not be able to run it? Is it impossible to do it all? It's yeah. I
0: wouldn't say it's impossible because I remember I was 30k in and I was going on a downhill, like a somewhat of a downhill. And I was going at that stage, I was actually going around a 530 pace or something. Like, oh, i was kind of half impressed here. And then I looked across and there was a guy coming up the hill. The guy ended up winning the race, and he was going uphill just as fast as I was going downhill. I was like, My God, this is a different beast altogether. And there was like two or three. There was another guy, um, and then there was another girl shortly after that then and uh, not well, a good distance away that the, the guy and the girl credit this lad was in front and uh they were absolute phenomenal athletes uh but to, to answer your question near the start of it you go straight up right head so within a kilometer i'm looking yeah. and everyone's walking so the fact i did not run the line before it helped me out in that mentality because i would have assumed like you said I would be the type, if you do a Martin, try and run the whole thing. Nothing against not running the whole thing, but that would be a goal of mine to try and run the whole thing. Um, But when you see people very early marching up, you're like, okay, the strategy's here for a reason. Just got to keep marching this part. You're not going to run the whole thing. It's just not happening and not at that distance for for a lot of people. Now, I'm sure those guys in the top 10 probably ran the majority of it somehow. But even when they got to the real steep, steep part, I reckon they still kind of marched up as, as hard as they could. And then made up for a downhill because a lot of them have always done a lot of the mountain races. Like we had Marky on the other week who congrats to Marky. He ended up doing the run the weekend as well. And during, done the Emma races, the Irish Mountain Running Association, not too sure exactly what they're called. And, but I'd say a lot of people have done that. So they are used to flying the downhills and, and everything. So they made up for a lost time marching uphill by doing that. We are not running. It, it's literally, I'm, I am have to try and finish. So, like, going back across the the N11 to Kill Mechanic and looking up towards Kill Rotherby and all the rest is like, right. One last hill, there no sixty or uh, 68K in at this stage. So, 12K, I knew most was uphill to Brayhead. Got a bit of flattening back uphill, again, through Winegate's hill and, and, and through down around to Brayhead. But I was like, if you make it up this, you just have to crawl down Brayhead. Because I I never went down Brayhead head in my life. I was taking little baby steps down. So much so There was a guy with two dogs like passing me out, and he kept going straight. And whatever his track while, it was, kept rounding, re- winding around. And I kept getting ahead of me Like fuck this. Anyway, he shook me faster than me. I'm doing a race. <laughs> yeah, but you just have to you just have to march it and just take each step step by time and just know you're out there for a long time. And I say this after like being my first race. I'm not saying this is I, I'm an expert and like that, but that's just the way. I had to approach it and do it.
1: And how did you find food? Wise, were you hungry? Did you find yourself longing for food, or how was your strategy there?
0: So you had sent me a podcast uh, through Tom Dixon and um, Irish trail running, and it was about the the, the race director. I, his name escapes me at the moment, um, because I, I'll tell you why in a second. My head got it was fried at the end of it. But you had sent me um, that podcast on on the race and everything else, and they were saying try and get food in every thirty minutes or so. So I was like, these guys know what I'm talking about. I've never done an ultra. I'll try and get food in every 30 minutes. So. so I got the brake head on a little bit, had a new grain bar into me. I knew, okay, near 16, neuro 8K, get through these sales. I'll have whatever's there. And then I started eating a bit of food and stuff before I had um a little of protein, um, nuts and stuff as well for energy. But halfway through, I couldn't eat anymore. Um, I only had one bottle of Lucozade and they had had isotonic drinks, so I had one or two of them. Didn't even drink too much water. Just drank before I felt thirsty. Um, but halfway through, I couldn't stomach it. Like, I literally had half an each grade bar. It's like, if I have any more of this, I'm going to feel like I'm going to get sick. Now, it wasn't weighing me down, but I, just, I, I didn't feel bloated or anything. It just felt... I was able to move, but I felt kind of sick. Does that make sense? Um, yeah.
1: And what's going on there is you're, you're exercising so long, your body is starting to prioritize where it wants to use its energy. So digestion... Right. Is not on the high list of priorities of your body's survival mode. So it's it's kind of telling you, listen, we can't do that and this. Take your pick.
0: <laughs> and that's it. I, I had to just pick, okay, I, I better just keep running then. So I in the second half, I definitely ate a lot less in the first half, not that I ate a lot, but I just couldn't digest anymore. And I was like, right, just get some fluids into you, as much fluids, and just just keep on going from there.
1: And that's where the trick of putting a gel. Uh, that's where the gels can come into good. There's not much digestion required, but you're still getting the, the n- nutritional element in. If you can mix it in with a bit of water as well, it's even easier again to get in, but you're still getting in the carbs and the calories through some of the denser gels as well and salt tabs. If you can mix it all into this super, super duper, I need to survive shake, uh, it, it is a good thing to do. So a lot of us, uh, I felt it on the cycle and um, that, you're seven hours on the bike and the body's just like i can't eat anymore you get to dinner you're like i can't stomach dinner and you're just force feeding yourself and that's even when you're only cycling you're not running you know like so yeah there's you learn a lot about your body when you go over that distance or that length of time of exercise
0: yeah even when i when i finished now i did the, the hot curry and stuff there i just about finished that we got back to the house it's like we better have have some, some food quick we knew there was no food in the house we got a chipper I had a bag of chips and I barely had half the fish. And I was like, I, I I, can't stomach this. I'm just, I have nothing left to give. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, I, I couldn't stomach it. And then I we, um, and then you're sort of 30 at a pint. I'd have another half pint in front of me. And I, every, a few people were like, ah, oh, you'll enjoy the pints tonight. And I'm like, I don't know if I will. And at first I went then, okay. I sugar on the second. And then one of the guys bought me another pint. And I'm like, I must have left on the table for the best part of an hour, and then eventually I was halfway through that, and then one of the other guys like, "Do you want a point?" I'm like, "Absolutely feckin' not! Do not <laughs> go near me with another point. I am done. <laughs> I am tapping out." So come here. We went
1: to David Goggins, and he he talked about his hundred mile race where he didn't even train, and uh, he got to the point where he could, he was seeing triple of everyone, pissing blood, <laughs> and starting to his bodily functions were starting to shut down. What low points did you reach and did the doubt ever cross your mind?
0: Um, Once I was over halfway, I was like, if I walk it back, I might squeeze in on a 12 and a half hours. So I was like, I, I got to keep just even walking and stuff. There was points around the 50K mark where it was just back uphill again. I was never, I knew Um, I was another 15K away from the last real aid station and I knew it was just all uphill for, for a lot of it and um, that was a struggle and the pain when the, the soles me feet was getting pretty bad once I got near enough to that I got my second wind and I was able to run a lot more I was getting towards power score and stuff I'm like oh my god this is this the second wind this is my my David Goggins mile 81 so to speak I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this I'm gonna do you know go real hard and I got to the aid station like I'm done <laughs> and I knew because I, I, I knew then that the big sugar loaf was ahead and the little sugar loaf was ahead and one of the guys goes okay, you've got the, a bit of a climb now, but you've got an even worse climb than the little sugar loaf. And I'm like, oh, I'm really happy you told me that. And he goes, well, there's no point in lying to you. This is what you have ahead of you. And, and when I thought of that, I thought back to where I did the thoroughbred marathon last year, where I was 30k in, and I was starting to blow up. And a guy said to me, it's all downhill from here. And it was two mile uphill and a mile into it because I was thinking it was downhill. And my mindset was different. It was going to be easy. I was like, it completely messed my head, and I had to stop, and that was a stop start. But now he said, look, you've got a bit of a climb here. You've got a worse one for the little sugar I'm not going to lie to you, but you just got to get through those two. And I knew when I got those, through, through those two, I'm heading towards Kilrodery House, uphill that way, and I was able to, to break down a little bit more. But it was literally – the legs wouldn't work, and then all of a sudden, it was like you have to start running at the flat, otherwise you may not make it. So it was like little slow little steps to build up the pace. And then I was getting into like a seven, seven and a half, eight minute kilometer, just little runs. So it's was taking two, three minutes off a kilometer compared to if I was walking. Not by much, but those two, three minutes would add up over the next 30K. I mean, that, that's 90 minutes in itself. Um, But yeah, that that's, that's just the way it was. It was just kind of just little bit. There was never real, I'm definitely not going to do this or I'm definitely going to fail. like, I'm going to find, I was, very positive, especially from that time. I was alone by myself doing that. Before you got to the, the things where you had people cheering you on, I was like, just got to keep the next bit, the next bit, the next bit. So it was, I don't know. i There's no way I I would go out today now if I was fresh. There's no way I'd go out without an event like that and go anywhere near that. That the mind, the body, and all would just give up. But it was just one of those things where I, I was just thankfully in a right place mentally when the race started. And I was able to 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 stay on track and keep the positive thoughts and to keep the positive. I am going to finish this. Just take your time. You're going to have to walk some of it. You have to run some of it, but you 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 will get there.
1: Yeah, and it's to be fair, the weather seemed to hold for you. It was uh, a good bit of cloud cover as well, which I assume helped.
0: Yeah, it was like you know we did the marathon in 2019 in Dublin. That was that kind of day where it wasn't too cold, it wasn't too warm. Now. The folks and the girlfriend who who were down supporting me at the end of the race, unfortunately, they were there for two, three hours. So they're pretty cold by the time I seen them. <laughs> 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 and after that, then your man, I, I, I I've never had this before at the end of the race. I just kept, I don't know, it was just it was me- mentally as fatiguing as it was physically. But I kept kind of blanking and stuff at the end, like I was just like talking to folks and I like, couldn't remember words and stuff like that. I'm like, oh. I'm going to struggle at Eric's 30 later The whole conversation with anybody. I was real nervous about drinking pints because of it. But then your man called me over for an interview. And I I, I can't remember. Now, I actually, know I can't really remember what he was asking me or what I was answering about. I was like, oh God, Neve hasn't recorded. So I'm afraid to look at the recording of what I was saying. But he was just asking me the event. And I know he asked me to train, but sign up. And I remember talking about, yeah, that's my first one. It's like, why'd you call me over? <laughs> but uh, I was, it was a great event, uh, especially at the end. And stuff. The, the relief of, the, the feeling of finishing was definitely something strong and it kept me going. And I, As cheesy as it sounds, seeing like, you know, I put a post that morning, seeing the comments, hey, you're going to smash this and stuff like that. It's like, I guess I got to do it now. It's that extra accountability of of telling people like, hey, you, you've started to do 80K. You've, you told me you know how your body's going to hold up, which is true. You don't you told me you how you're going to finish, but they're like, hey, you can finish. You're like, that, is, that will stop you from turning around to someone saying, hey, I need to get the bus on the way back you just got to find a way to keep going unless you're like seriously, seriously injured and you know, you physically cannot do it. Like I was in a lot of pain, but there wasn't a serious injury. If that makes sense. Yeah,
1: it was, it was that pain that, you know, it's just the repetition pain, but it's, it's not going to do you damage. You're just sore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, um uh, sore, sore that night as well. Sleep was horrible. If Those that have like the garments, the body watch, I went to sleep with at five and I woke up like seven hours later and I went all the way up to sixteen. <laughs> and for those that don't have the body watch, like it's like out of a hundred watch your 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 recovery and usually goes up 50, 60, 70 points overnight. Um, but this one didn't even start to go up until like four or five o'clock in the morning, and then it slowly climbed. So it's when, it's
1: been a day to nothing. When you were crossing the finish line, how did that feel in comparison to other marathons?
0: Um the third one was special because that's the time I broke the four and I a lot going on, so that that was special. So I was right up with there with that. Um, in terms of accomplishments, I felt like the and by itself, probably the most proud. Probably the most proud because it was just, it, like especially the last eight k day with all the hills and and, and stopping the start and starting, like just just the pains and the legs and all the rest, like. It, it, you, I knew I'd done something by finishing, if that makes sense. I, I knew it was like, okay, this this was something where you genuinely didn't know if you could finish. Uh, and you, you you set the challenge. At times I felt like I had no business doing this race because you've seen the guys, the poles behind you and are catching up with you going up the hills and the, the technique and stuff is good and technically going down the hills were good. And you can see there's a lot of experienced people out there and they're very supportive, but I felt a little lost sometimes doing that because it was my first like perfect run the line last year. It, it was my first long trail run, so I did feel a little bit out of sorts at times. Just like this is just stubbornness, and um, it's that goggles thing again. This is like what if it's like I know business being out there. I've got nowhere enough. I've got a lot of running in the flats. In that podcast we talked about the trail running, it was like trusting yourself because even if you haven't got enough hills, the flats will have a lot of carryover. And thankfully they did. But I felt up there was like I haven't got enough hills. I have no experience using the poles. I didn't use the poles, obviously, because there was no point. because um, I wouldn't know how to use them correctly with the correct technique and probably not doing 80k's at the first time to learn how. Um, and okay. but going downhills and stuff, I knew I was I was out on my element, but was like, what if I finished? What if I still kept going? What if I somehow found a way to finish the folks, the girlfriend there, the finish line, having the point with them, and just what if I got to that point? So, like the last it was like. So I put up in the Instagram stories, I knew with the hills after a Little Sugarloaf, I knew I still have a hell of a little hill to go up and kill Roderick. I was like, this is like Rocky 14, uh, Rocky 1, round 14, Creed's going to batter you. He's going to knock you down. It's like, can you get up? Can you keep going? And then getting to that Brayhead was like, okay, I got up. I kept going. There's only one way off Brayhead. So the like you're gonna make it it's just how long it's gonna take you to get from the top of the cross down to the bottom like you're gonna get there and then it's just having enough energy so we get to the seafront to somewhat jog at that halfway down seafront towards the finish line because no one wants to walk that bit it's like when people are cheering you you want to somehow find the energy to get that somewhat of a jog in and, and, and keep going from there so that that was a hell of a feeling. Because uh, everyone around you is just people just out by the beach and walking their dogs and stuff. And because there's such a huge gaps between people at the end, like there's probably the person before me was probably in like five minutes before Hanks. I could barely hear them being cheered. And then there was no one like four or five minutes after me. So it was just myself jogging with the backpack on and the number and everything else and just slowly marching along by people. <laughs> Uh, but it was incredible actually even up in the trails where A lot of people seemed to know what was going on Because like, geez, fair play to you, go on and keep it going Because it was just me with a number and a backpack But they knew something was a, was a big distance like So it, it must be a big deal
1: Oh yeah, well, I suppose people who are outdoorsy If they were on a hike themselves They'd probably seen the first number, second number Probably asked the question of someone who was walking And then were well clued in by the time you came along <laughs> Well clued <laughs> But it's uh but it is now it's a it's a fabulous achievement. Like eighty kilometers, eighty kilometers on a road is uh, or on a bike is impressive. Eighty kilometers running is impressive, but eighty kilometers over mountains, mountainous hills, nearly two and a half thousand meters of climbing is by far impressive. Like it's it's beyond impressive. It's it's absolutely brilliant. It's amazing that your body held up, um, but more importantly, mentality. And I think it's a testament to. I don't want to keep harping on about our, our failed marathon, or our first attempt um at a marathon. Um but the mentality of knowing you can complete something makes a big, big difference even for a challenge like this.
0: 100%. 100% it is it is it's um I suppose that to wrap up the podcast, we can go back to the Goggles talk on the Friday where he talked about um he's like, I, I, I always don't get stuff done the first time. So he went through Hell Week three times of stuff and stuff. He's like, I'm not I didn't fail. That was my first attempt. You know, I didn't fail the second time. That was my second attempt. Not treating everything as failure, treat as attempt, and having that mentality of go, okay, find that way to keep pushing. And even if you didn't get your your right time, you found a way to finish and taking the positives out to keep building on to for the next time, next time. So, like I knew my body's been bits before. Like you said, that first marathon, we're twenty k in. And I was walking, and you were walking, and I was walking. And we just weren't in sync on it, and we're almost killing each other. But somehow, we knew we get to the end and then even when you go longer distances your mind's just set up for it um like any sort of race day if you're in the right mindset of this is what i have ahead i think mo- most cases unless you get serious injury along the way you you just find the way you know you're set up for for a long run like it's a lot harder when and i've seen this done on like hell week shows stuff like that and you've probably experienced this where they try and break you by saying you're going up and over the mountain and you think you've got like a 10k Rook or whatever it is, and it's done, and they go, Oh, you're done. Actually, no, you're not. We're going back, and you're like, Oh my god, that's a killer! So, like, if I was tomorrow, if I was just say that vent 40k, you know, so I do 40k, I only got to 40k, and go, Oh, bring the 40k. Actually, this is an 80k event. You're like, switching that mindset is, is, is I don't know how people do that, but to set yourself up to the start going, Okay, this is the goal breaking it down from there and just break it the smaller little goals rather than oh I'm 2k and I've got seventy eight K left to go. And I suppose the final
1: statement, Sean, would you do it again next year?
0: Well the finish Rocky won was uh Apollo Creed says some there will be no rematch and Rocky says I don't want a rematch. So I say, no I don't want a rematch, but we know how that story ends. He he has the rematch. So <laughs> So I, I think part of me will, will want to go again next year to see if I could get a better time, just like I'd like to run the line this year to see if I can get a better time, just to see. But it's not something I would definitely do yet. Um, there are a couple of different challenges that I want to try first next year. I was going to talk about the podcast, but I decided not to talk about the podcast, at that a little bit more. Um, there, there is one, one or two uh, different running goals I have for next year. I don't know how close they'll, they'll be to this. And I also want to see how my body holds up in the next week. I'm supposed to do the Galway marathon this Saturday. Um, so I'm going to try and run on Tuesday or Wednesday. If I can't run at all, I won't do Galway because Dublin is the most important thing. And I want to see how my body holds up doing Dublin. If it's a case of, if I do Dublin going, ah, the eco trail didn't quite recover. It took me long. because I'm no idea, like, obviously I'm stiff and sore. I'm barely walking around the house now at the moment. Now, by next week, I could be like, ah, oh, so here's how I got on. Go away for the marathon. But also by next week, I'm like, I couldn't move for the marathon. So I just pulled myself out and it just wasn't happening. Uh, and and then the same with Dublin, that, that put me in a setback. So it's very close to Dublin, marathon, and Dublin, Dublin is something I want to do every year. I, I love that tradition of doing them. I, it's only going to be my fourth one, but I love that tradition of doing that marathon every year and, and, and everything that, that's going to lead around that. So it depends on how I heal up over the next couple of weeks. If it's good and I feel great and I feel like I could do more, then yes, providing I get one or two other little goals in next year as well.
1: Brilliant. Well, well done again. It is a phenomenal achievement. Um, I'm not jealous of this one. I'm jealous you did it. I'd like a medal, but equally, I'm very happy I didn't have to do the work for it. But
0: well done. Thank you. You <laughs> didn't get a medal, by the way. We got a Wicklow Wolf tanker glass five glass which will come into better use in some of the evenings watching football oh very good you can't drink out of a medal that's a bit disappointing you didn't get a medal though <laughs> I've got a very nice t-shirt as well though so I'll be able to wear a like, rock the t-shirt and drink out of the glass so I'm happy out
1: <laughs> <laughs> very good well on that bombshell we will finish this week's episode of the Andy Given Runday podcast well done to everyone who supported Sean over the last day a uh, day and more everyone who shared their support and liked the stories um, its its it's been absolutely phenomenal to see people getting behind what he was doing which was a fantastic achievement and I'll conclude this week's episode and saying thanks for listening and until
0: next time take care bye